of Cerberus whiskey, four teeth of chocolatite, the mucus of a rock, and the mere wings of one dragonfly. Ye gods! No, no, no! Wrong again! Oh. oh, I did not see you there. How long have you been lurking in the shadows? This here? Oh, this is nothing. Merely my dinner after today's tale. I was certainly not trying to make a new form of predator to rid me of all morning roosters? Why don't they shut up? Where the hell did the myth of them crowing in the morning come from anyway? They do it all day long. Oh, don't, do not give me that look. It does not even matter, as you can probably tell from the rainbow mixture on my face that it didn't work. I was sure that quantities were correct. Or perhaps the combinations were incompatible. I need to find the answer to the past so I can better conjure my perfect... Mm, mm, um, <coughs> I mean, let us hear the tale of the day and let not look into any deeper into my um, 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 pr prototyping. <coughs> Throwing the egg of a bugbear into the smoking cauldron, a window will appear so we can lean from Ramble Shamble. Good day everyone and welcome to another episode of Ramble Shamble. I am joined by the fabulous Jotun. Say hello Jotun. Hello. It is great for you to be here in this wonderful world of Ramble Shamble. Uh, we are progressing quite far into the series of podcasting which I feel we're getting better. Look there, there always be the little stumbles there and there but all in all I feel like we're getting better. Um, I do most of the edits for Ramble Shamble, but our fabulous Jotun does most of the edits, or he does all the edits for Ramble Shrapnel. Don't wait, you, Jotun? Wait, wait, wait. Before you go further, what would Ramble Stumble be? I don't know. What would Ramble Stumble be? <laughs> Ramble Stumble would be like our, our musical or our opera series. Okay. Where we, we have can... to like, <laughs> speak and walk at the same time. We'll speak and run at the same time. <laughs> well we can definitely look at that is that part of the recording itself or are you yeah yeah, just... yeah jeez imagine that you're eh? the one that said you're the one that said the word stumble did i say stumble i said i'm pretty sure i said ramble shamble and ramble shrapnel you should you should see you said stumbling somewhere i don't know maybe the audience needs to tell me where don't you audience but yes, either way, if I said Ramble Shrapnel or Ramble Stumble, or I, I will stick to Ramble Stumble in this case. Um, <laughs> no, no, you are... never said it like that. You said that where you said something like where we talk or where we stumble around or something like that. Oh, okay. Yes, I definitely said stumble around. Well, that actually makes sense now. Now I feel like we are way off the topic. But yes, <laughs> reciting poetry while running. I'm pretty sure the audience is so confused. Like, what did they, what did they just click on here? <laughs> These random guys are talking about stumble. What's up with stumble? Um, but yes, uh, sorry about that, audience. Or if you enjoyed that, I'm glad you enjoyed it. But yes, uh, briefly, just getting it out of the way. Guys, if you don't know, we are streaming these podcasts. Well, not streaming, but we do set, send out these podcasts to all pod, pretty much all podcasting platforms, including Stitcher, po uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and a number of other sources. We do try to share these episodes on Rumble as well, in case YouTube has not necessarily share our episodes there. 
but the best way to communicate to us is through our discord again you can easily find it on a simple google search just or find it in the link of description on our youtube channel which is Ram, Ram, ramble shamble not ramble stumble so please don't get confused and that in that pop, in that discord you can chat to us share game ideas play some games with us share topic ideas maybe join us in a podcast episode but the mo- most important of it is our ramble sh- shrapnel which i did kind of touch on briefly but you're the best person to describe what this is so with ramble shrapnel we take your guys feedback either from the comments or from our various social media including discord facebook instagram twitter and we choose our favorite response from the questions that we asked you inside of the main episodes and we talk about that for a little bit so depending on whether we actually like what you guys are saying we might or we might not actually speak about that you know sometimes we just like to speak about what we feel like because it's all about us and our opinions but otherwise you guys can just upvote an an answer from the community enough and then we'll be forced like we can't go against you guys in that case so then we'll be forced to talk about whatever the heck you guys decided to suggest and so yeah those suggestions become little shop little shards of ramble shrap and we talk about your idea great so yotan you speak about ramble shrapnel so what is your experience because i know you're a little bit newer than i am well i actually don't think i'm you're newer i think you're actually a lot more experienced than i am in editing a shrapnel episode uh, do you have any like raps reco- regarding our recordings or anything that you say ah oh, man only if we did something better what irritates me the most that there there seems to be some audio feedback or something coming from my mic specifically <laughs> which sounds like a little snapping sound and it just shows up randomly inside of the recording so i have to like painstakingly sift through the entire recording to get rid of that stuff and my mic picks up the sound of my me enunciating like for anybody that knows anatomy it's it's kind of like the sound of my epiglottis or my phalanx lifting from my soft palate or something and it sounds it sounds weird but then then again i did also listen to some other podcasts and it's it, uh, it happens with theirs as well so, so i'm giving that lesser less attention now and just focusing on what we're actually saying and augmenting the general experience of that instead of being nitpicky about all these little slapping noises <laughs> that like <laughs> softly come in every now and then. Uh, it's so true. Like uh, now, now that we post a little more regularly on YouTube, that kind of thing. I initially, when I also was starting my edit scenes, I was like thinking, man, these things are so annoying. Like, jeez. But unless you are like specifically used to hearing these sounds or these items, you won't necessarily take account of it. Um, Maybe people with these super enhanced headphones will be able to hear every breath that we make and every and sound that we make. It's probably fine for the most of the general audience. <laughs> but I think that's uh, that's uh, enough diversion to the main topic. Jotun, this episode, which I have discussed with you, is going to be a different episode. It's going to be more of an epic episode. It's an episode where we make the ultimate predator. The ultimate organic predator, actually. So, Jotun and I, audience, if you're not oh, aware... Oh, I've got a cyborg. You could go cyborg, but we, we're going to be genetic modifiers. So, Jotun and I have been playing a game called Alien... Is it Alien Isolation? I uh, forget. Uh, Alien Fireteam. Aliens Fireteam Elite. Alien. Yes. And that game inspired me to think of... Geez, so these things are like genetic modifications of the, obviously, the people that come out of them. But say that myself, Mackie, and Jotun, in two different alternate universes where we're both mad scientists who are in the process of making the perfect predator, like Cell from Dragon Ball Z, if you want to get all nerdy on me. Um, We are basically making the ultimate predator. And audience, we're going to make this more of a, a gambling kind of game, a game of poker, 
that Jürgen has described this before, where the opposing person needs to, obviously with their presented predator, needs to kind of the opposing, so basically myself, Mackie, would be opposing Jürgen, and Jürgen will pick up debuffs for my predator, while I picked up debuffs for his predator, while we are both adding our own buffs or attributes or strengths to our creature. So basically what makes it part of the gambling part is that we can myself, Mackie, can stop whenever I think that the debuffs are gonna overwhelm the strength of this predator. And at that point it will be up to the audience to decide which predator's the better predator from the debuffs and buffs that we have discussed in said this episode. So this might be a bit of a longer episode that audience might not be too custom with, but we will we'll make sure to make this interesting. I love this idea. So what do you think of this, Jotun? Do you like this idea? I do, I do, because it, it, it forces you to have to deal with, with problems as well. And because we have the Apex Predator in mind for the, let's call it the character build that we're, or the monster build that we're making, <laughs> like there will come a point where we have to decide is my creature strong enough now to be able to handle another debuff? Oh, 100%. And that's where the gambling aspect of it comes because there could be a minor debuff up next or there could be like a really, really bad one that would turn your, your so-called predator into a mewling cat or a mewling child. So... <laughs> Yeah, we've got to we got to see, man. It's all it all depends on what the debuffs are. And to make it interesting, guys, we're going to start with a debuff. So we're going to go debuff, then buff. Then it's going to be the other person's side. So it's not just Jotun going through this entire list. Or should we? Would you we rather we go start to- with start with body type, then Agreed. debuff? Agreed, hundred percent. Yeah, little bit of hope at the very end of having a very last. If you can go to the end, then you don't get a debuff at the end because we've got five of each. 100%. And again, we will probably name our creature at the very end because we probably have a, we probably have a name in mind, but I think we, based on <laughs> what our creature ends up becoming, it might be changing to something okay. a bit more <laughs> uh, subtle. But again, we're going to start with body. I agree with that. And then we're going to go debuff, buff for one side, and then we go to the other side, debuff, buff. So then we can kind of uh, judge where we're currently sitting on, saying, do we need to gamble with that extra debuff and get another buff of our choosing? But the debuff will be picked at random. We have a little dice simulator, and based on that item, that number that we roll on this dice, uh, the opposing side will tell us the debuff that we have just gained for our creature to add a bit of genetic randomness because we're mixing all these chemicals, we're, mixing, uh, we're splicing all these uh, DNAs together and we don't know what's going to come out of it we just want to make the ultimate predator here we don't care about the outcome so <laughs> without further ado Jotun uh, do you want to start with body or should I start with the body we'll keep this brief again we have the buffs and strengths coming afterwards I think you can start okay brilliant oh I do have one question before we, we commence go ahead so that is that for the attributes now do we get to say, like, I don't know, chameleon DNA, and then get to choose the parts of a chameleon's DNA, like their physiognomy and physiology that we would like to have for the predator? And that counts as one attribute, or is it like just their camouflage or just their sticky fingers? Just their camouflage, just their sticky fingers. So, as much as we, we, we so basically picking the best attributes from a chameleon so from you could be the shotgun tongue that can extend out and bring back in um that could be one of the or they bite their eyes they can look in all different directions at pretty much the same time that could be another way so you're picking one of those specific attributes if you were to pick a chameleon as an example but thank you for clarifying that so the audience can also maybe uh play along maybe they do their own way or maybe they want to discuss their own versions of the art with debuffs so okay the body type that i have decided for my creature to start off with again this will change but depending on the debuffs that we decided to give them is a uh, ape body so a gorilla ape or 
a chimpanzee. The reason why I've decided to go for this type of body structure is for one of the things is it's opposable fingers, so they have hands, as well as they have the option of running on all fours or they can stand on their hind legs. So that's the body shape that I'm kind of going for. So it's quite a nice uh, initial clay block that I have. Again, I could have chosen something like a predator, uh, like a predator that we know, like a lion or tiger. But I like the feeling of the, the option to kind of stand on its hind legs at the same time, able to kind of grab things with their hands. What is your body type, Yotan? Or do you have a comment towards mine? Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good all-rounder one. Although I do feel that you have a bit of a bias towards the humanoid. Uh, I might, I might. <laughs> because, because of those good old uh, opposable thumbs, I'm guessing. But uh, it's a good, it's a good every man's bill. <laughs> I feel so attacked. <laughs> I agree. Okay, so what's your body type? Uh, my body type is a bipedal arachnoid. Ooh, that's a good one. I thought you were going to go something along that line, or squid person, based on our previous talks. <laughs> so it's a bipedal arachnoid because bipedalism gives you a great amount of speed and just the sheer amount of limbs is something to be <laughs> to be uh, to be cautious of and just the fact that I said like an arachnoid or an arachnid uh, gives me plausibility with regards to the whole whole like family of arachnids instead of saying like a bipedal spider or a bipedal squid or something like that and it also doesn't box me in enough so I it also gives our listeners a bit of a, a bit of wiggle room in their imaginations for exactly what kind of arachnid they want us to have a, a bias towards. So, yeah, she's it's a very good option and probably one of the better predators because I have read somewhere that if insects are like the size of humans or the size of animals, like our normal animals, they will be the dominant species basically of the of our planet Earth. That's crazy to think, eh? But, yeah, dude. Just imagine a, like a, 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 a spider the size of a dog. Oh my gosh, I'll be crapping my pants. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that we've sufficiently given our beasts a body. Now we are mixing and stirring the chemicals that we have and we said, hey, these are the attributes that we want to go for. But before we get to buffs, we want to, we said we discussed it before, we will start with a debuff. So... Since I've given the body, I will start off with Jotun's debuffs for my creature. So again, uh, body type is a ape. I'm going to roll my virtual dice in my setup to roll from one to five. And then from that number, Jotun's going to read a, uh, the corresponding number on his debuff list to my creature. Let's hope that it goes well. It is a one. Tell me what I have what you have decided to employ into my creature. Okay, so your first debuff is that your creature tastes with their, with their feet like a fly. Ugh. Ugh. Man, why? <laughs> what made you think of that one? <laughs> uh, so your creature has to traverse the environment tasting the ground with its feet. Ugh. So basically, the mechanical eating process of eating brings them no pleasure. It's, they have to constantly taste with their feet while they are eating. You have white sarcasm mine. <laughs> I did not think that that would happen like that. That is so clever. Uh, I can just like imagine putting like, like uh, vinegar all over the floor or something like really disgusting. And they're like busy walking through and like, oh, and, like vomiting the floor. That kind of thing. So oh, like man, how much of a handicap would that be if you as the prey know that that's how the predator eats? Uh, and also and also the, all the crap like where it stays and lives. It's just going to consistently move around. Okay. <laughs> so basically like you have a super hygienic predator. <laughs> I like it. Okay, okay. So my first uh, buff that I'm adding to my creature is extremely high birth rate. So like a birth rate like a bunny that they can just like, if you put 
two of the same species, a male and a female, into the same box. They're just going to like, that box is going to be completely full by the time of the end of the day. Because bunnies have an extremely high uh, reproductive rate. So basically I'm employing that buff into my creature. So this creature is just going to, it's going to expand and grow quite quickly if it has a male and female next to it. So, but it's going to have a, a tough time because it's going to be tasting its lover almost every single time it touches it. So it's going to be a very awkward sensation or a weird erotic situation. I don't know. I'm feeling no, okay. I, 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 will, I will give you one, like, uh, one nicety. So it doesn't have to apply to the hands as well. <laughs> but still, like you're gonna be tasting your uh, mate, and it's gonna be pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, roll your dice, Jotun. Let me let me describe oh, my buff for you. This man, I don't like I don't like playing uh, playing dice with with fate over here. Hey? <laughs> We're genetic mad scientists, so you have to. <laughs> okay. Uh, I got a four. Oh, you got four. Perfect. Okay, so you start off with a strong one. Your creature has a deep fear of water. So any form of water, whether it rain or on the floor, or simply in a bottle. So in a bottle, I would say it's not as fearful, but any signs of water that it can touch, it is a deep fear of it. It just does not want to deal with water. So think of an overly afraid cat. If it comes across a water on the floor, it's going to intentionally walk around that. It's going to try its very best to avoid water. It has a deep fear of water. So including psychological things as like genetic traits. Yeah, like you see that uh, the cats and stuff, they generally don't associate themselves with water besides drinking it. And this is the same kind of case where your creature... It's a trait. It's, it's, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's not a big fan of water. It's it's kind of avoids so water. So an, an aversion of water. Yes. So it, it it doesn't like water. So like tigers, they they swim. They don't. They can do it. They don't mind it. But but but, but, like but water. Animal. But water doesn't actually harm them. It's just my people no. avoid it like the plague. Yes. So oh, they, they, okay. if they if it's raining outside, they're gonna stay inside. They're not. They're not keen to go outside. Okay. Okay. That's a pretty shitty thing, dude. Like, <laughs> how are you going to avoid the rain? Plans. With assistance. Okay. Hmm. Okay, I, I do think that my creature can counter that. Um, do I have to say the first one of mine, or can I say uh, freely choose Any from Any one of list? your list. Freely okay, choose so from your list. A big counter to that will be that my creature has dragonfly wings. So I can fly over the ocean and lakes and stuff like that. Ooh, wow. Oh, that's so smart. The reason why I chose dragonfly wings is because dragonflies are actually the apex aerial predator that exists in the animal kingdom. They can pan, not pan, they can uh, roll and they can yaw and they can it, like go in literally three, well, just 360, but like all directions, like 360 yeah. is just a circle, but they can go into like all directions of a sphere and they can instantly pick up speed and instantly stop as well. A dra uh, arachno arachnoid with dragonfly wings is probably the scariest thing I can think to my mind. That is oh, terrifying. There's more coming, my friend. There's more coming. <laughs> oh, that is terrifying. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's a very strong creature. I like that. Okay. Give me a beat debuff. I'm gambling with fate here. Okay. Uh, let me roll because I have to give you a number. Five. Okay. This is not going to make you very happy because it, it makes your tasting situation even worse. Oh, okay. no. <laughs> Stop <laughs> your touching creature, my taste buds. <laughs> your creature eats its food by swallowing its whole like a snake. I thought of that one as well as a debuff, but I didn't decide to go with it. And, and, that's, and that entails... The absolute laziness and the slowness <laughs> that will come from having an entire meal in your in your stomach as well. So even if even if we if I throw you a bit of a bone here and suggest that something like the size of an antelope can be digested in the same amount of time as a snake would digest its food, 
that's still like at least a day or two days. So now, do I do I swallow it alive or do I swallow it after I kill it? Yeah, I mean, it's your choice, man. Live and wriggling, or, <laughs> or, or dead and still, it doesn't matter to me. Um, I like it when you struggle to my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> I like to feel it suffer. <laughs> so, um, so, but now the reason why I chose that as a debuff is because apart from the fact that it looks, just looks stupid, um, your, your creature will barely be able to move or it'll only be able to move, let's say, at like 30% at speed for a period of however long the digestion takes. Um, and during that time, it will be vulnerable towards counterattacks or something. Yes, that is And so very just think of, think of how um, much trouble that will cause for even interspecies or intraspecies power struggles between like a dominant male and lesser ones. Like the dominant male can't not eat forever. Like it's gonna be vulnerable at some stage. So yeah. interesting, man. Interesting social life that these creatures have. Yeah, it's gonna be tasting everything it touches and it swallows everything and it's got a really high birth rate, so it's gonna be doing a lot of woohoo times next to its very chubby mates. Okay, <laughs> okay. Let me okay, let me give dude, a genetic modification to this. Dude. Imagine just like being pregnant and having to eat such like massive things. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. This is going to be sorry. a massive. I'm sorry to all the women listeners out there. I'm sorry that I'm creating such <laughs> difficult birthing situations for you. <laughs> okay. Like you guys go enough through enough as it is. Okay. So I'm going to add a trait of paralysis, paralysis pheromones. So. We all, all, the animal kingdom all bases on pheromones. We, even we humans, we spray ourselves with axe and all that different deodorants and perfumes. So this is a pheromone that we, that our, that the skin of this creature naturally excretes. So from its sweat and that kind of thing. In a, obviously not too far, but in a radius. If you are nearby, you would start feeling a numb sensation. And if you were to inhale this pheromone for too long of a period of time you would kind of fall to the floor or be stuck in place so this is paralysis pheromone so if you were to go in this area uh you probably would i I can concede the fact that you probably would able to smell a difference or smell something but if you were to expose yourself to this paralysis thing it would eventually make you stuck in place so it it would be ideal because then I could paralyze my the predator's prey and with its very large stomach and kind of crawl towards it needs to go. It could eventually grab the creature, kill it, or decide to swallow it whole because it would probably be paralyzed in the stomach. So yeah, that's that's the buffalo side. Oh, there, 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 there goes the joyride of having a live and wriggling thing in your tummy, eh? <laughs> uh, damn they have no fun your creatures oh trust me he's lazy <laughs> he's a lady bugger okay roll your debuff or oh, unless you don't want to unless you want to stick with okay but, but, but just ex- ex- explain a little bit more to me about that so does is it a passive pheromone because i i don't think i don't think we can say both passive and acute or active. no no so it's it's definitely uh passive so it's something that they naturally excrete so their species would be immune to it because the male and female. But I mean, do it. it can't like squirt the pheromones out. No, okay, not squirt. So it'll be in a certain area. So if you were to go there with a gas mask, you'll be fine. Okay. But if you were to go into their domain and you would smell something, you would feel a slight sensation. Like that's what I say. It's not small, slight sensation, yeah. and then the longer you're in there, you're just completely stuck, and now so, you're done. So you're, basically, what I'm hearing is that. If I just bathe your creature, then I can go close to it. Yes. Hunt, and then, hunt, uh, hunt, hope. hunt Mackie's creatures in the rain. That's that's basically what I'm hearing. You, you could do that. Yeah, 100%. Okay. If you're small enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My turn. Let me see what crap you're throwing my way. Five. Also a five. Your creature has rounded teeth. So instead of having sharp uh, teeth to bite and tear things apart, which... 
you may have, you have rounded teeth. So you generally gnaw on the item until it becomes, uh, how to say, it's broken down enough that you can kind of pull, pull uh, kind of like break, break. You, you like, you take a long time to chew to really break it apart. So it's rounded teeth. Yes, you grind like a, a herbivore. Probably the worst thing to add to a predator is you have <laughs> flat teeth. Okay, but. Flat rounded teeth. Do you think an arachnid would have teeth? Are we going to say, okay, so now my arachnid doesn't have pincers. It has like a mouth of teeth. <laughs> We're making a small creation, yeah. <laughs> so, so what I'm suggesting to you now is basically, you know how a, a, a uh, no, not a drill. So basically, instead of a knife now attacking the meat and slicing the meat for the teeth, it's got like a meat hammer, whatever the a meat pounder. Yeah, those things. It's got stumps. Yeah, it's got stumps. Okay, that's a a mean one, but I can <laughs> think I can live with that. Yeah, your mouth is basically very passive, so it takes you longer to chew things, uh, break things apart with your mouth. You could break it with your hands, and it's not a major debuff, but it's still there. Yeah, it's an inconvenience. Okay, so before I go further. Does the body type count as an attribute or or not? In certain ways, yes, but not uh, not exactly. So if you have an arachnid body type, it doesn't mean it automatically shoots web out of its butt. Oh, okay. Uh, but since it's got an arachnid body, it probably could climb walls. Because I said my body type as an attribute. Yeah, but you could still climb walls because you've got the number of legs and shop. Yeah, uh, no, but I mean it's on my list of five. Was it mean? Oh, uh, as an attribute. Yeah. You can add it as an attribute or you can make, uh, choose a different one. Okay. So I'm going to choose a different one now that isn't now on my list, but I actually wanted to add. That's fine. And it has to do with the dragonfly as well. And that's the incredibly complex eyes of a dragonfly, which oh. um, I think work inde independently. I'm not entirely sure, but um, they see an incredibly wide spectrum of the color of color waves um and yeah clearly their eyes are perfectly function perfectly for the type of way that they hunt which is incredibly fast and has incredible depth perception as well and for that reason i think that that is why yeah their their eyes see the world in ultra like an ultra multicolored spectrum. Yeah. Pretty damn scary because eyes can fly. As a minimum, they have 11 different color receptor cells in their eyes where we only have three. And yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, before we go any further, I just want to inquire. So we didn't, we didn't describe this part of the body, but how big is your creature? Is it like, say. Oh, yes. That is actually part of body type, isn't it? That, that should be included. Ah, I forgot about, about it completely. So we're adding it here to add the terrifying part. How big is your your creature? Is it like the size of a car? Is it... Because we can't be too excessive. I feel like we can't... Well, we could do that, but what do you, what, what would you say? What is the size of your creature? What's what's in your mind at the moment? What are, wait, what are the, what's the class of creatures from like the Ice Age? Is that macrofauna? Yes, I think so. So basically, my creature is one of those. It's a, okay. a, a macrofauna thing. But I think the the technical definition of a macrofauna is something like its body size is between like 50 kgs and up, or like 50 kgs and up. I think that's technically a macrofauna. And I think I feel like that's the size of my creature as well. So I think we both are on the same kind of page then, as well yeah. as the audience now, which they probably were a little bit confused on. Why yeah. was Jotun picking out this dragonfly the size of there? Which I had in my mind already pictured as this giant-ass spider flying now with these eyes. <laughs> okay. I don't think that I don't think that's quite the right word for the Ice Age things, though. But um, I think my one would be about 150 to 200 kgs uh, when fully grown. Oh, wow. That's heavy. Wow, that's massive. Well, it's, it's, it's like one and a half of a person. It's not too big. Yeah, I think so. Including yeah, wings so. and legs. Yeah, that makes sense. It just sounds massive to you because you're thinking 200 kg man. 
<laughs> which is a bit of a problem. <laughs> a 200 kg man is still pretty bad damn big. But okay, I rolled a 2 on my debuff scale. Give me my 2. And I said I already rolled 2. No, you haven't. Okay, so your number 2. That is your compreacher. Your not compreacher. Your creature <laughs> is compelled to do the weasel hunting dance right before attacking. Ah, oh, you son of a fluffin. How does it... Okay. <laughs> Wait, so just to clarify, is it dancing in front of the prey? Or is it dancing once it sees it and kind of alerting his feather friends to come help it with the fight? So like, you stalk your creature and then yes. right before you attack it, you do the the dance. <laughs> that's, that's such a scuff move that you've done. Oh my gosh. My creature's basically doing like a, like a loud ass dance before it engages <laughs> just combat. like decides that it has to serve the, <laughs> like give it the hardest serve of a dance battle right before it attacks. <laughs> but what, what, what makes this even better? Sorry, this is going to be funny. So my prey is most likely going to be paralyzed by the time my creature comes to it sees it and this, this this prey now assume it's human it's now stuck in place just watching this happen having seen this creature now randomly dance in front of it before it engages in the battle so don't get me wrong i think it does give more time for it's uh, the, the creature's friends to come uh, the prey's friends to come find and help but i feel like this is like the ultimate taunt to say haha now i've got you now you're gonna be my food i'm gonna swallow you whole <laughs> So, so I think there are two ways that this can go. I think that's within your apiotive like species. It'll be a kind of ranking system based on how close you can get to, or like a rite of passage, how close you can get to a specific kind of prey. Because if you can, if and it can be a hunting tactic, if you can just get close enough to your prey, then yeah. the war dance will actually spread your pheromones around enough so True. that it can paralyze it without you actually having to pounce on it or anything. But True. if it's something that can't be approached too closely or how awesome the break dance is, <laughs> like, then, then it's a problem because you give away your position every time. And based on how prey animals are, they are generally much quicker than uh, predators, or they, they're they much more vigilant of their surroundings than predators, than predators are. Because predators, we look ahead. At prey, they look left and right, or their eyes and wall towards the sides. So, I mean, this one's a bit of a gamble, you know? It can be a good thing or a bad thing. It can help spread like the pheromones. Or it can give away your position. I like it. Okay, so my pro to make my creature a little bit more deadly is to include razor claws. So think of the claws from Alien. That is now replaced the stubby fingers of an ape. And now we have these like razor claws that can A, slash things quite cleanly and effectively. But it can also be used to kind of like climb things. So now picture a forest environment these claws will be able to like dig into the tree and you'll be able to like climb and lift yourself up even if it's like a flat surface i wouldn't i, w I want to say it, it worked on concrete but i am not i'm not conf i wouldn't i don't want to say that in that way so i don't think it's that uh, I, I think i think it'll be good if we base this on uh like biology so okay we like, we can't say you've got adamantium claws. Oh, 100%. Like oh, 100%. Yeah. So, but, but you can, you can plausibly, like, any kind of actual bone or claw structure that, that you can prove to me, because uh, that's quite important. Yeah. I was thinking more of like bear claws. So, uh, not necessarily the bear hands, but the claws of the bear. So, yeah. have the slashing power. So, I can concede the fact that you can't climb with it, but I think having those uh, those claws on, like, say, the, pot, uh, the top of the hand, so maybe where the knuckles are, so that could be, like, the slashing kind of thing. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but then you, it's, it's you, you can slashing. climb things that are, 
more porous than it then yeah i think so okay sweet nice okay so so my creature's looking pretty deadly slow fat (laughs) deadly (laughs) slow fat incredibly fit to be break dancing all the time yeah i guess so okay so what is uh do you want to gamble or are you satisfied with your dragon no i'm gambling okay I've i've got a lot of great stuff lined up here okay so i rolled a one Oh, uh, your creature has an extremely high metabolism. So in contrast to the swallow the creature whole and it stays in my stomach for quite a long time, your creature has an extremely high metabolism, meaning that it needs to eat and it needs to eat almost consistently. Meaning that if it's not eating, its body is then resorting to eating its muscle mass. So this creature is hungry. No, no, I understand that, but there has to be a level of plausibility to it. So, like, to be constantly eating, the the reason why stuff like cows have to constantly eat is just because grass is so energy deficient. But granted, my creature is a predator. It's eating the most calorie-dense thing, like, on Earth. So I don't think we can say, like, eat more than, uh, let's say, two or three times a day. Because no predator alive now needs to Does eat that. No, I was thinking more like once a day. So you have to eat like at least once oh, a day yeah. or you'll face, you'll face detriment to your muscle mass. So if the creature eats one meal, say like the size of a deer, it will be, it will be satisfied for the day. But if it misses a meal the next day, it's going to feel weaker. Next day, okay. it's going to feel even more weak. Okay. Next day, I, it's I, going to see some muscle mass loss. So it's going to be weaker. Okay. So that that does make sense. Like insects, I, I actually think one of the reasons why insects don't grow as big as as uh, us is precisely for that fact: is that there isn't enough energy to sustain them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay. okay. So then the the debuff is that is that if it can't get its next meal, then it literally starts to die slowly. It eats itself. Yeah, basically. Like how humans do, if you're not eating, your muscle mass will drop. So I feel like once it finally sees prey, it's going to find it harder to take down because now it's it's not as strong as it would be if it would have eaten, basically. Okay. This muscle mass would be less. Okay. So um, my buff now is that my creature has cephalopod sense organs. Because you know that there was going to be something squiddy about this creature. <laughs> you know I was it. waiting for it, to be honest. I was waiting for it. <laughs> so basically, it has the, the type of cells, which are chromatophores. And so like basically, it's an, even though it's insect, uh, it's an insect, it's chitin or it's carapace, is made of the same stuff that the skin of an octopus or well, an octopus is made up of. Now, for anybody that hasn't listened to one of our previous episodes about uh, squints and octopodes taking down underwater bases, the skin of an octopus has cells that can basically detect the color that's around it. And mm-hmm. it has cells that can also change the texture of the skin itself to also mimic its surroundings. Yeah. Strong one. That's a very good one. So just to clarify, does that mean that it also needs to be hydrated? Or because obviously an octopus needs to be hydrated? I don't think so. I don't I don't think that that is a, a dependence feature of that cell type. I think that I it, guess it so. just so happens that oct- octopodes do that. So like we... we the only difference between this creature now and a chameleon, for example, is that it's a specific way in which those chromatophores work inside of an octopus. Okay. I can see that working. Um, I do have a little concern about its lubricant skin. I keep its <laughs> it's, skin lubricant. It's lubrication. Yeah. But um, so the reason also why I chose the dragonfly eyes was because octopus eyes are actually crap they can only see in black and white Uh. people don't know this but octopodes can like all the color sensing that they have is purely from their skin 
their eyes can only see in black and white. Jeez. Okay, I can see that. I still think one detriment to your creature so far, it doesn't have an effective means of attacking. It's it's able to find its prey and hide now. But I'm interested to see. Maybe you have a maybe you want to gamble another debuff. Yeah, maybe you want to gamble (laughs) Okay. So now we're getting to the end. I'm gonna go for one more debuff. Uh depending. Maybe I I feel confident enough. So now with our two random items left on our list, I'm going to change my dice from a five-sided dice to a two-sided die. And I'm going to let it go from one to two. Uh, it is a one. So give me one on your list. Okay, so we, we already got a one for you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to choose, uh, I'm going to take the two that we haven't chosen yet, and yeah. I will give them new numbers. Okay. So what's the one of the new new? They are pretty numbers? bad. Okay, okay, so just give me one. So your creature exclusively Uh-oh. has gills. Oh. So it doesn't have lungs. It has gills. Oh. Okay, <laughs> that makes it complicated. How much okay. of a how much of a crippling factor is this now? That is that basically mutes my pheromone thing. Um. Besides, if it's like finds a pond and it's stuck in the pond. Uh, oh, boy. So you've, you've, oh, geez. My last two things are actually really bad for you. I'm so sorry. You're, no, no, that's from the gamble. Um, geez, you really just muted my future's pheromones thing. So basically, it could still like secrete it, but like only if you drink the same water that the creature's living in, but it would be heavily diluted if, say, it was an ocean based creature. Uh, okay. Are we saying fresh water or seawater? For the purpose of this, I will let you change your your pheromone thing into an active ability and not a passive ability. So like a spit? Or something like that, yeah. Because if it's concentrated enough, then it isn't constantly being diluted. Yeah, so I'll make it into a bite. So it bites the bites the prey and then it will be paralyzed as long as you can get close to it but as to do a funky dance in the water ah. <laughs> this is gonna be one interesting prey um okay so okay I, I can i can deal with it okay so i'm gonna assume my creature is gonna be a sea-based creature not a, not a freshwater creature then this this actually makes sense that i do camouflage so i was gonna go with chameleon camouflage because then i would kind of camouflage with like grass and the surroundings a bit better but see me now that i'm an ocean-based creature which makes things a lot more difficult i am now specifically saying that i have octopus skin like you just mentioned that i'm able to camouflage myself uh, to certain colors and that kind of thing so my creature is a little less noticeable when it is a digesting food and b when it is on the hunt okay there's my pro Damn, man. You so, really hit me hard with that one. So how does your creature do the camouflage, though? I will, I will let you, I will let you uh, do it in the same way as my one, if you can repeat to me how it was done. Oh, heck no. I'm not going to repeat it like that. <laughs> that was not part of the rules. I'm the host of this episode. There's no, there's no distinctive rules in saying that. No, so it definitely uses the same basis where... On, I won't say the exact wording, but the process behind it, where yeah. if it were to blend with the colors that are currently around it so it would kind of, its skin would be able to kind of react if there's like grays and blacks and browns its skin would be able to kind of not necessarily copy it exactly but it would be able to replicate it and wouldn't okay. be able to do nearly as good of a job if it was in the move so it kind of would wait for the prey to get close to it and then pounce rather than move with it so one move and be camouflaged so like the yeah predator. definitely not even even predator from the predator movies well you could see it's like weird shimmer or something while it was in the movie. yeah so if it were to move it would like mute its color completely and go to the same color of the body which we have not okay. decided okay, okay so cool. are you gambling again yes I'm gambling. my ones are also harsh <laughs> okay okay i'm assigning numbers Okay, you're free to go. One and two. What does did you get? One. Oh. Ho, 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 ho. Okay, so not only is a creature highly disliking of water, it is vulnerable to UV light. 
So its skin is now vulnerable to UV light. Is it will get sunburnt a lot quicker than it. So it's not like in dying light where the creature would physically go on the floor and die completely, but it is it gets very burnt if it's out in natural light too long. If it were to be in the desert, your creature would probably shrivel and die. That that's the kind of thing. So it, it it's able to stay in the sunlight for a bit, but it it hurts, it burns, and too long of exposure will get to the point of cripple cripple pain. So wait, is there UV light at nighttime as well? No. So your creature will basically be, be night hunters or uh, hunt, hunting in dark and shaded areas. So it wouldn't come out during the daylight. So your creature is afraid of rain and exclusively tries to hunt in dark and dark places. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so my, uh, my guy can also... Well, also has trichobothria. Now, trichobothria are the little hairs that are on the side of spiders' surfaces, which is the real reason why they are so attuned to movements on their spider web and why they can literally feel your presence uh, basically from the other side of the room. Now, on a creature as large as mine, it would literally mean that it can feel... Uh, disturbances that are big enough at the edge of our atmosphere, the Earth's atmosphere. And this is the reason why Spidey, uh, from like Spider-Man, is actually so OP, because a Spidey sense can determine anything that's coming towards him that's as a danger um, as well. And that's why he can basically see the future when uh, he's fighting. Because he can pick up on all those small things. I don't think your creature will be able to do that extreme. No, no, not that extreme. But like, yeah. he'd be able to pick up the movements of his prey to an extremely yeah. detailed way. So that his dragonfly wings can get him in there attack. I, I really want to know, how does your creature currently attack? We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> so you're going for another gamble. Okay, that's interesting. Look, I want to... Look, we're getting close to the episode, so we only have one more buff and debuff to gamble with. Or no, did we not decide that the last debuff will be muted and we'll go for just the buff? No, no, you get your last debuff and then it ends on the buff because we have one debuff and one attribute okay. left. So my creature is probably very... Your last debuff hit me quite hard. I am afraid to say... Okay, screw it. I'm doing this for, for you, audience. Hit me with a debuff. Okay. I was going to say no, but uh, I'm doing this for the audience. Hit me with another debuff. Okay. Make my world. Your creature, like all birds, has hollow bones. Interesting. Okay. Oh, she's such a uncomfortable debuff. <laughs> that makes things so complicated. So now, now your creature can't even swim in the deep oceans. It has to kind of be, let's say, two Gs of horse. Like that's, that's the, or let's say three Gs even. That's as much as it can go below the, into the depths uh, before its own bone structure can't handle it. Interesting. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. That is such a bad combo. I'm so sorry. It, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, I, I expected something bad when you said bad. <laughs> okay. Okay. The pro that I will give it to it now, now that I know my creature has hollow bones, which has probably significantly reduced its weight. I'm going to give my creature, since it's in the water, it's going to have fins. So it's going to have like, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word for it. No flying fish, they have the, the, those fins. It's yeah. going to have the ability to, it will have to add fins so it's able to move in water a lot easier because it is an ape that we're considering. So it's still got, it's got web hands and feet, but also it's got the fin tail. I'm not sure if we can include that. I don't, I don't know if that's an attribute. Is that what you consider an attribute? I think so because um, because you did choose an ape as your body type, so, so it um, would maybe change the legs to a fin tail, like a dolphin tail. We could I can make that as an attribute. So instead of having legs now, it's got still got its arms. So it basically is a mermaid. What I'm basically describing a very uh, weird mermaid because it's still got the bare claws on its hands, and she's no. This is a mermaid, so. I'm, Basically, the, the attribute I'm giving my creature is mermaid tail, basically. Okay. So it's a dolphin tail. Okay, adapting adapting to your new situation. 
I have to, because that's the only way. You're giving me guilds <laughs> and making me dance differently. And what else does the like, cooler dance is having a dolphin tail? <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 Uh, so Hit me with your best your... shot. Funny enough, when you said hollow Beer bones, bone. that is exactly yeah. what your creature gets now as well. <laughs> well, I don't know if that'll. I don't know if that actually, like. Has any effect on my creature because basically the legs won't be as sturdy. So insects are invertebrates, so they don't have a backbone, so they don't have bones. But I feel like what needs to happen then is that your skeleton is a lot weaker, so it's a little more fragile. So think of uh, a crab whose shell has recently broken apart and is molting. So your your skeleton is probably not as weak, but is more more say. Someone with a, a hammer or baseball bat could hit it one time and it would crack and fracture apart a little bit easier. So similar, but not quite the same. You there, Jotun? Um, yeah, no, I'm there. Okay, so what are, we, what are we going for? Like, what's what's the spectrum of how hard the carapace is then? I would say, look, uh, a, a, a male, a man with a baseball bat, if he were to hit it... Well, what was it before? So, if, he, if a, ma- a male with a baseball bat were to hit your, so I think it, in, say, it would have been. Legs. I think before it was about the hardness of a turtle shell, because we, we're, we're taking the size of an arachnid, which is normally really small, yeah. and, and scaling it up, which means that the thickness would also scale up. So let's say the thickness is a lot thinner. So let's compare it. Um, okay, compare so it like, to pl- plywood. So plywood. Yeah, you know I was how- also thinking that. Plywood, whereas in the beginning it was like oak, oak. or something. Yes. Okay. So you're in the same brain words. Okay. So now my creature can't tackle stuff. <laughs> Basically. It can, but it's going to suffer a limb or two. Yeah. So I do think that we have to make an, ex- an exception for the attack method, which is, and it's a pretty big exception because it's a pretty hectic attack method. And that is that it has pistol shrimp claws. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. We can Which say is that like the... purely momentum based that it does that stuff. So <laughs> yeah, it has to be so able pretty... to take that knock. <laughs> so it just like it took all of its package and put just like min maxed into the claws, put all the specs into the claws, and that's why it's got plywood for the rest of the body. So okay, yeah, so yeah, I can I can agree with that. I can agree with that that works. <laughs> I knew the claws are gonna come in some way. I knew you love those pencil shrimp claws. <laughs> so, so the attacks that my one can do is it can punch enemies, and I think that it would have basically sonic booms as an attack method as well, because it's it's not completely surrounded by water like pistol shrimps are, and it's specifically being in water that. I think allows them to have like plasma come from their punches because um, they superheat the water around them enough so that it becomes literally the temperature of the sun, even though it's a really small area. So basically, I, I don't have water around me to superheat like that, but I can I can make a sonic boom with those forces. Mm, I don't think you want to be boasting on that. So I love the idea because your creature will be like flying around very quickly and maneuver very well. And be able to find its prey, but every punch it does it will probably crack its shell because the sonic boom doesn't mean that uh, it, it goes in one direction. It affects the whole surrounding. So each one of these punches is going to a deafen pretty much everyone that's close by, as well uh, put a lot of impact force. So if your creature's claws are these are able to robust this, its body is going to suffer. So I guess that's part of the debuff, eh? You're just going to suffer after each punch. So is anyone I don't do think so. Isn't even a sonic boom like when you crack a whip? That's already a sonic boom. But the if you've seen uh, uh, in Air Force, they can't they can't they can't produce a sonic boom too close to the ground because all that force, that noise of the force, just fractures almost all windows and everything around it. So if you were to experience that up close, because now this is a punch coming up close. No, don't get me wrong. You're going to eliminate that creature, whatever in front of you is, with one punch. like Just just like Saftama from One Punch Man. However, you yourself need to be able to withstand that force. So, 
uh, Newton's third law comes into effect. Yeah, but we just we just we just put all the specs into the claws, though. Yeah, your claws will be fine, but the body is going to be suffering a bit. So basically, you're you're just going to do like one amazing punch, and it's going to need a, a long recovery time. Basically, what I'm saying, not like a super long. Not I'm not saying like weeks. I'm just saying that maybe after one punch, it's just going to because of its body not being able to keep up with this massive or its powerful claws. It's just going to be a bit of a, a lag behind. It's not going to be doing punch, 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 punch. It's going to be one punch and it's going to go and it's, it's going to need some recovery time. If you're going that's, all I need. that's all I need to take out my prey. Yeah, but I, but I disagree. But I disagree. I don't think that the sonic boom would actually have any effect on the prey apart from disorienting it enough to be even more vulnerable. The, the main attack vector for this predator is the, the force of the punch. Yeah, which I can agree with. Okay, audience, uh, th- that is all the time we can give to this slightly longer than normal episode. We have some amazing creatures. Before we end, Jotun, have you thought of a name for your creature? Ah, oh, jeez. I'll give my one. and So I'll try to drag this as long as possible. No, I'm kidding. Okay, so since my creature is now a, a mermaid basically i would call it the serpent of the sea basically because it swallows its victims whole it's able to swim it dances in front of its prey it has paralytic bite it has claws uh bear claws on its hand so it's able to slash you up pretty badly it's also got uh camouflage so i think serpent of the sea like the makes sense like this thing is uh, I'm aware that it has fragile bones. I can't. I can't it can, it's pretty much stuck to the surface of the water. But the serpent of the sea. If you see this creature up and close, you're probably gonna have a bad time. <laughs> so Mackie's one is a sea worm, basically. But like the basically. Norse, the Norse way of spelling worm with a Y, because that's like yeah. dragon. Yeah, it's badass. I like it. I like it. Thanks. I like it. And your okay. one, Jotun? Have you? Th- uh. <laughs> we stumped the audience. Okay, while he uh, thinks of things, I'm going to start with the outro with how you can, audience can find Ram Shamble, and then you can give me after that. How's that? Okay, yeah. Okay, so audience, while Yotin is still busy thinking about it, again, guys, we post this podcast on every episode. We do appreciate listening to this episode so far. We still have a little bit of an end, but but we'll get to it now. But giving Yotin as much time as physically possible, you probably missed me. Again, we post these episodes on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, as well as YouTube. We try to post this on Rumble as well because we want to reach out as far as wide as possible. But the best way for our podcast and our community to grow is for you to share it with your friends and family. There's plenty of uh, episodes for different topics and different ideas. And we try to post on almost every Thursday. We also have a gaming channel called Fumble Shamble. We try to post there as often as we can, but it's not going to be as uh, dedicated as our Ramble Shamble. But again, guys, we also appreciate your comments because those comments form part of our Ramble Shrapnel. Ramble Shrapnel is all the little bits and pieces of our main episodes of Ramble Shramble. And it's a way for you, the audience, to get shout outs and to also share out your ideas based on the question that we have in, the, in this episode, which I shall reveal after Jotun has discussed or described the name of his creature, which I'm hoping is going to terrify the socks of me and you as well. But Jotun, so, uh, I think we gain there. Yes. My my creature's name is a Dracarak. So oh, that's like, so cool. It's because like the the original Greek word for a dragon, dragonfly. Oh. Yeah. I like mean, that. from which dragonfly comes is Draco, but then the word for uh, for an arachnid is an arachnid. So it's a drac like Draco, and then arac like arac. So it's a jackarack. That's actually pretty cool. And it's that just super powerful. fun to say. A jackarack. Yeah, a jackarack. <laughs> so, but uh, audience, here's your question for this episode. Which of these two purposes that we have to subscribe with the pros and cons, which we may include in the description of this episode, but we'll rely on you guys to be dedicated listeners to this episode and decide which are which is the better predator. Which would you fear if you were to go out during the night or take a deep swim in the sea hopefully <laughs> but but i think that's where we can say which of the creatures did they and 
other oh, no, wait wait it's 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 actually a, sal- a shallow swim in the ocean not a not a deep one boom yeah that's what i'm saying like this is like a swim in the ocean <laughs> but nonetheless uh Jürgen, anything from your side before we conclude this episode thank you so much for this topic it was so fun like that's all i can uh, say we definitely have to touch on it again so yes so audience again we post this on every thursday we're glad that you came to enjoy us and we hope you guys come listen to an, our next episode and for for the ramble shrapnel that's going to be linked to this episode please tell us who you think was better and or whose creature you think was better and just like five words um for each attribute give us your favorite predator creature maybe we'll choose your predator and talk about that for the ramble shrapnel brilliant okay that's it bye audience Bye-bye, everyone.